Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Wizards podcast with Greg Finberg. Shout out to all my Wizards fans that have come here, whether you've seen this from Twitter, you just found it through a friend, all you guys that that are following me and have been with me for a while, this is something that I've wanted to to do. Uh, it's been in the process for a while now, and I'm, I'm finally getting into it. I'm really excited to see where this goes. The podcast is going to be, as you can tell by the title, mainly about the Wizards. We'll talk about the NBA as a whole in certain episodes when it's when it's applicable. But for the most part, it's going to be Wizard-centric. I'm going to shoot for this to be posted once every week. It'll be breakdowns of games. So say it's it's taken on a Wednesday. The last couple games from the last podcast to that podcast will all be broken down uh, on that one. Um, you'll have live reactions to breaking news if there's in-season trades, which I'm sure there'll be a lot of this season, whether it be Gallo, Shamit, other veterans. We'll, we'll have that here on the show. Um, we're going to have a bunch of guests on here. You know, I've I've been on a lot of podcasts um, in the last year, and I'd like to invite all those people that were kind enough to have me on theirs onto mine to uh, to talk Wizards basketball. Hopefully get some players on here. Daniel Gafford, if you're listening, you're more than welcome to, to be on the pod. I'd love to have you on. But um, hopefully, you know, the show is just a, a place for for Wizards fans to come and, and enjoy some dialogue about Wizards basketball with one of the biggest Wizards fans and myself and a bunch of other Wizards fans that I'll, I'll have on the show. With me for my first show, um, I wanted to do this for a while now. It's my brother, Jason. Introduce yourself. What's up, guys? I'm Jason. I am a senior at Penn State. I have the privilege and honor of calling Greg my younger brother. I am very excited to be here today. As horrible as it sounds, I am a diehard Wizards fan. I am a diehard Commanders fan. So all the pain that you guys have been going through with the Wiz, with the Durs, whatever you want to call them at this point, I've been right there with you. I am uh, very excited to get into this, Greg. We've had uh, a lot to talk about about the Wiz, and uh, I'm excited to finally transfer you know, the ESPN caliber conversations from our dinner table to a podcast of your own. So let's go. Yep, exactly what he said. And Jason's going to be on with this one. I'm sure he'll be on me with the future, but... I'm going to have hopefully some more guests come on and, and talk Wizards basketball as we, we get forward with this. But, you know, as, as you know, with right now, it's it's a dead period in the offseason for the Wizards. Not much going on. There's a lot going on in in June and a lot going on in July between the Brad trade, the KP trade, the draft and all that stuff. And it's just been pretty silent the last couple of months. Um, so what we're going to do for this for this particular pod is going to just break down the entire offseason I'm going to share my thoughts. Jason's going to share his thoughts, and we'll break down the biggest moves. We have five big-time moves. I'm sure you can guess which ones, but we're going to go through um, kind of a recap of what happened as well as our thoughts on it. We're going to give them each a grade, um, and at the end, we're going to give a culminating grade to how we think Will Dawkins did in his first offseason as, as full-time Wizards GM. So just getting right into it. The first trade, obviously, it's Brad. We felt this coming for a while. Personally, I thought he was going to be traded in 2020. The Sixers had a need. They were rumored to want him, um, but they didn't pull the trigger. The following year, when they traded for Harden, Brad was apparently their number one until he broke his wrist in Memphis. So that took him off the board. And then, you know, you get into the report on June 14th from Shams that said, Bradley Beal and the Wizards are working towards the trade. It's something that I thought I might see in my lifetime, but I thought I was just tricking myself into wanting to see that. Uh, and and I, I didn't really know what to think at that point. But 
as we kind of unpacked uh, what teams would be traded, you thought it would be Philly. It would be a team like Milwaukee, maybe, although they didn't have a lot of assets. And from from most sources, the Kings were also in on it, as well as the Warriors. Uh, so that's where we thought Brad was going to go. But then it emerged that the Heat and the Bucks were two of the teams that wanted him. And then it it brought into the fact that Phoenix was also a possible landing spot. And when I heard Phoenix, uh, same as Milwaukee, I said, there's no way they have enough assets to get Brad. But then again, we have the no trade clause. So obviously they have enough assets. You then move on to the fact that he meets with the Bucks and the Suns individually and decides ultimately, I want to go to the Phoenix Suns and I want to play with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So Will Dawkins has a decision to make. He can wait until the deadline and hope that Brad changes his heart and just wants to play and we can get a bunch more assets or he just gets off his contract, gets what he can get. He makes the trade to the Suns and I'm going to give you the full package in case you forgot. At the end of all of these trades uh, for, uh, for Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Todd. Uh, Isaiah Todd, I don't even know why he's in there, but he's just a throw-in at that point. Uh, those three go to Phoenix, and then the Wizards receive Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, pick swaps in 2024, 26, 28, and 2030, and second-round picks in 2024, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 30. That's four pick swaps and six second-round picks. That's a haul. And, and when it first came out, we thought – Oh, it's just a couple pick swaps, a couple first, uh, a couple of uh, second rounders. It's not much, but as the details expanded after the Warriors trade, I was ecstatic. I was over the moon. This is a guy in Bradley Beal that we thought we might be able to get a penny for, just to get off his contract would have been a win. But you got Chris Paul, who at the time you thought, okay, it's just to, to match salaries. Maybe we can move him. Landry Shamit, who he gets traded for a reason. A lot of people that move around as much as he does are kind of throw-ins, like your Cameron Paynes and, and players of that caliber. But Shamit's contributed in, for the Clippers, for the Sixers, for the Suns. He's very good. He's a good shooter. So I'm very happy with, with what we'll get out of Landry Shamit. And the amount of pick swaps we got, what people don't realize is, yeah, the 2024, 2026 pick swaps, those won't be much, mainly because the Suns are going to be good. But after this four or five years that they have to win the title, in 2028 and 30, they might be really bad. And if they are really bad and then we're on the come up, we're in a situation like the Celtics where we're making the Eastern Conference finals. And then a month later, we have the number one overall pick. So you never know what could happen. My final grade, A, a plus. Like the fact that we were able to get off of Bradley Beal's contract would have been an A plus, but it's an A plus plus in the fact that we also got two serviceable players that we could possibly swap for more assets and a bunch of draft capital. So I'm giving it an A plus Jason. What do you think? I agree with you. I had to say, Greg, I mean, I think you went for the more specific approach to it. You looked at the specific assets we got back and I didn't disagree with one thing you said. Landry Shaman gets moved for a reason. That's a valuable bench player. Chris Paul is Chris Paul for crying out loud. One of the best point guards, at least in my lifetime. I don't want to speak for someone like my father who is Adam and it's magic Johnson. But the way I looked at it was more of a directional approach, you know, finally getting rid of your disgruntled asset, being able to move on and say, okay, we know we're not going to be good. And for all the people out there who tell me the Wizards are going to be bad, Greg, you and I, we, we, we know, all right? We understand that, all right? I'm not telling you we're going anywhere right now because that would make me crazy. I'm not crazy. But I like this trade. I'm going to give it an A- minus, just because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a Brad guy. That's my guy. So I hate to see him go like that. You know, uh, I know there's a lot of people who are going to boo him. I, I might even boo him too. But 
the fact that we were able to move on and close the Tommy Shepard chapter of that book and reopen one with such a big blockbuster move. Greg, when is the last time you saw the Wizards in the national media spotlight and they weren't getting clowned? Um, seriously. It's got to be when we started 10-3 and three in uh, 2022, 2021-22 season. I thought, of, I thought of the uh, the home win streak that infamously got destroyed by LeBron. But, you know, for the first time, people were like, okay, obviously, you know, at first people were like, that's dumb. You guys got fleeced. And, you know, look at look at all these trades now. You think uh, the Dolphins or the, the 49ers think that was a great trade for uh, Trey Lance? I mean, it, it's got to pan out, all right? So looking at that now, look at all that draft capital you just talked about. That's what, 10 or 9 picks right there in front of me? Do you know what we're going to do with those nine picks? No. Do I? I? No, no. Does the rest of the we- the world in the league? No. So, I mean, look, from where we were a year ago, or really from where we were pre-Brad exit to where we are post, I'm happy. And therefore, A-. minus. A- minus from him. It's an A-plus from me. Uh, but, I mean, if I had to ask you one question about it, the Shoot. most – obviously, like, I posted about this when it, when it happened. It was breaking news. And – Everyone in my mentions was just clowning on the Wizards, as you, as you said. And it wasn't because Bradley Beal got traded after we could have gotten so much more than for him. It was clowning on the package we got. Only a couple second-round picks, a couple pick swaps, a 38-year-old point guard, and, and some bench player. Like, Obviously, when you break it down like that, you're going to be able to clown on the Wizards. But before it's not hard. you do that, <laughs> let's, let's find out the full context of the trade. Obviously, second round picks aren't great. They don't always pan out. Wasn't, wasn't the pick used on Jokic? Wasn't that in the Carmelo trade? Am I wrong about yep. that? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean look, if you that's look, a little. That might be a little optimistic on my part, but I mean, come on. You never know. You never but know. If you if you look at our like last six or seven second round picks, especially under Tommy Shepard, they're all terrible. They're not going to pan out for the most who's, part. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that um, Matt Madonna loves? Yannick Nusa. Oh my god, yeah. Oof. One of the worst picks. Him and I seen. both. Yeah, wow. But we don't have Tommy Shepard making our picks in the second round anymore. It's it's a new guy, someone in OKC that has a bunch of second round picks on that roster playing good. And that's something that I, I kind of was annoyed at. The trade obviously wasn't what we wanted in terms of yeah. oh, we could have gone four swaps and four first round picks in 2020. That's that's great, but we also had and it's true. We're, we're not denying that. He was doing. Yeah, we're not denying so, that. I'm just I'm happy that not only do we not have to pay Bradley Beal fifty million dollars for the next four years, yep. but we also got back a decent haul for somebody that was essentially labeled untradeable. Yeah, and I mean, look, as we're going to talk about in the rest of the episode, you know, it's not that that wasn't the end of it. You know, we're just getting started here, Greg. So, how about we go to the trade too? Yes, sir. Well, moving on. Uh, the ne- the next trade is the Porzingis trade. I was going to transition into the Chris Paul trade mainly because it it happened after that, but the the KP trade was was big because we we knew kind of in early June that Brad was was probably going to get dealt, but there was still some hope that KP would stick around DC, maybe sign like a, another one year prove it deal, or just pick up his own option and then play out the year and try to get another contract. But but ultimately we we landed on on moving on from him. Uh, the the biggest news of this was the fact that we traded him to Boston, and then the trade got taken down because of a disagreement between Boston and and the Clippers. Not even because 
it was a disagreement with the Wizards and, and the Celtics over KP. Pretty much the Clippers were hesitant to include certain players in this deal. And that ultimately was the deal breaker. Uh, I believe uh-huh. that it was Terrence Mann that the, the Celtics wanted and they were just like, absolutely not. So the original trade was KP to the Celtics. And we received Gallinari, Marcus Morris Sr., who I was actually really happy about at the time. He's a really solid player, wizard killer. Amir Coffey, I'm sure he would have waved. All-time All-time name. Right I remember would have been I misspelled great it. On a I, spelled it like jersey. Actual, I spelled it like the actual drink when I tweeted out the I would have bought a coffee jersey. People. I'm a big coffee yeah. guy. I would have definitely. All right, keep going. I think I think some people, maybe it was his family, got on me for that. But uh, <laughs> him, and then we got the 30th pick. So that was another first-round pick. That was the the big movie, the mover was, in the trade for me. Especially in a deep draft class, when we're trying to rebuild, getting a lot of assets is good, especially with yeah. the first-round picks. So I was happy about that. And then... Out of nowhere, Woj tweets out the trade is, is taken down um, and, and they backed out of it. So now we have to scramble because if you remember, the deadline for KP to opt in and be traded was that night at midnight. So we really needed to get moving. And I think that's what helped us get a deal because the Celtics were like, we really want Porzingis. And it, and it, it should be noted that, you know, like there was the option, right, to extend that deadline. But it seemed as if both parties were kind of under the impression that, okay, you guys aren't going to give him the money, more so not the money, more so the commitment. You know, we're going to build around you for the years to come. We couldn't promise him that. He wanted to win. And I don't blame him at the end of the day. And if the deadline wanted to be moved, it would have been moved. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, that's a great point. Uh, but but then you move on to the actual trade. Yeah. You still get Gallinari. You now get Muscala. And instead of Morris and Coffee, you get Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies. Now, Tyus Jones, not a household name. A lot of people don't know much about him, but this guy was the top of my board in terms of free agents uh, in 2022 offseason going into the the last season. It was him and DeLon at the top, Victor Oladipo underneath them. Oladipo got offered to D.C., didn't want to come. Tyce Jones got offered to D.C., he didn't want to come. DeLon Wright ultimately signed two years, $16 million, and he's been great here, but now – we have two of the two of the point guards at the top of my board from that class, free agents mm-hmm. in DC. And Tyus Jones is a guy that has been vying to start ever since his time in Minnesota. It didn't work out there. He moved on to Memphis and he's led the league in assist to turnover ratio the last two years. He's been unbelievable in terms of filling in for Ja when he's been suspended. And, and it's just an all-around great person to bet on, great type of player to bet on. And look, if he comes in here and he's a solid point guard. He's going to be free agent after the next year. You can just resign him. I'm sure he's not going to be that much. Uh, and then after that, you get the 35th pick, who we ultimately traded to Chicago. I wasn't a fan of that. I, I would have liked to take some prospects there. But essentially, you moved back five spots, and then you gained a solid starting caliber point guard in Jones in this deal. And that's the difference between the first and second trade. And I, I honestly take the second trade. So I, I'm mm-hmm. very happy with this. What are your thoughts, Jay? Um. Well, if, if I could give you my grade to right off the tip, I'm going to go with a B. And this is contingent. We can either move up to a B plus, go down to a B minus. This is contingent on whether Danilo Gallinari can contribute, like his Twitter videos imply. <laughs> if you have seen this man's Twitter, Greg, he looks like a combination of Drago from Rocky Four. If you gave him the Randy Orton buzz cut, this guy looks like a paid assassin right now. He looks ready mm-hmm. to go. I know circled Boston on the calendar already. That was so, sick. I mean... Look, if you if you're around our age, you know that Danilo Gallinari is a solid contributor to winning basketball. And 
someone like that on a team like this, you know, the Wizards who lack talent, it's someone who's going to have the opportunity to show people that, hey, well, if he is this contingent again, if he's still healthy, if he is still healthy, I can contribute to winning basketball. It's not going to be in Washington, unfortunately, at least not this year. But you got another guy that you can flip for assets that will help you win in the future. And the name of the game right now is compiling assets to win games in the future. All right. And then to move on to Tyus. I mean, I'm a big Tyus guy. I love them all the way since he was at Duke. And I mean, look, this guy's a winner. I mean, again, I know people are going to get up. So we should lose. We should tank. You know, blah, blah. You, you miss Webb and Yama. I know. But this guy knows how to win games. And that's why I won in there. All right. Nothing against Monte. I don't want to, you know, let's save my Monte slander. Not slander. It's not the right word. My Monte opinions. Yeah, we'll, for get, later we'll get to in that the show. later. But uh, one more thing on this trade, I want to shout out uh, at Mike Muscala's stat line. Uh, really, the single reason I am excited to watch Mike Muscala play for the Wizards this mm-hmm. year, he is on the ball. You got to give him a follow. Um, but look, I remember Muscala from Bucknell, and I want to say Muscala, a hoop grids legend. He is consistently a sub 7%. So if you're ever stuck, Mike Muscala is your guy. Uh, I still think we need another backup center. Um, but again, it seemed like there was uh, there was two camps, really. One that wanted to build around Kuz, that I think you and I were in, and another one who wanted to build around KP. Um, if only we got to make the decisions at the end of the day. But uh, Dawkins and Winger went with Kuzma. That's who they decided to give the money to. I'm just happy we didn't let KP walk for nothing. That's really it. So it's a B. Could go to a B plus. If uh, Randy Orton look like Daniel Gallinari can pop off this year, I'm excited. He could... Uh, who knows? Maybe get that first round pick that we lost in the first trade, right? Pick 30. Never know. It seems to be the main point that you're trying to make is we got a bunch of assets that we can flip at the deadline. Yes. Now, if me and you were to go back, let's do it back and forth. We can just go back and name how much, like, I'll name a player, you name a player on our roster right now that we could flip for something. All right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go Gallo. Who? Pool. Who's? Uh, Kuz. I mean, Maybe a little biased. I'm a huge Daniel Gafford guy. I mean, that's a guy who can play winning basketball somewhere. You need defense. Daniel Gafford's your guy. Untradeable. I'm not sure. I'm not trading Gaff, but my turn. Tyus Jones. And look, this is, uh, let me say this. Obviously, you can flip anyone on any team, but these yeah. are all guys that are on decent contracts, especially like who's on a, we'll get to that later, but he's on a great contract. They're all guys on great contracts for the most part, expiring deals yeah. that teams won and that these players can contribute on winning teams. Not a lot of people, not a lot of teams have this many guys that people wanted the deadline. Usually you'll have one or two people on a team that's not doing that well that teams have been calling about all season, but we have, we're deep in that. So I'm going to go Tyus Jones. That's five right there. And uh, you know what these teams, these other teams don't have that we do? A young man by the name of Bilal Koulibaly. (laughs) I don't want to yeah. get carried away here, Greg, but um, oh, I'm excited for good old BC to touch down in DC. I so, can't wait. Uh, I'm very excited wait. for that. Going back to the to the KP trade, you gave it a B, a B minus or a B? Uh, B. We could float to a B plus if Gallo's like that. B minus if uh, he's not, and Tyus is a Monte clone. That would really piss me off. Yeah, I gave it I gave it a B minus. I'm usually more optimistic than that, but I, I really thought oh, that yeah. I thought we could have kept KP. Not only did I like KP as a player, I liked him as a person. I just enjoyed Great watching guy. him. Shout um, out KP play man. basketball. 
Yeah, so I, I thought there was definitely room to bring him back, uh, especially on uh, a one-year prove-it deal. And if he is as good as as he is, I mean, he's he's going to have so much room on this team to showcase his talent like he did last year. Some team's going to call, some desperate team will call you at the deadline. And yeah. I feel like you could have gotten a first-round pick, maybe two. You could have gotten something for him. The haul we got was good. I'm very happy with Tyus, don't get me wrong. But yeah. I think we could have gotten a little bit more out of KP than what we than what we got at that at that point. Not mad yeah. at it. Happy we moved I mean, on look, from his he's, contract. He's a generational talent. Uh, you know, obviously, he's dealt through a lot with his career, you know, injury related. But you know, those guys like that don't come around every day. So honestly, I'm fortunate at the end of the day that we got to watch him when we did as a wizard. And again, you know, love him. Wish it could have worked out better, but. We got it. We got assets for him. So thank you, Kristaps. We appreciate you. He could have just walked. He could have just walked. He could have. Honestly, like obviously, we're both on the younger side of Wizards fans. In my day, he's the best center on on the Wizards that I've yeah. ever seen, and it's not even most close. talented. Most talented. Most no talented. Question. Yeah. If you go based on the history books, obviously he's behind Wes Unseld Jr. Or sorry, not Wes Unseld Jr. Wes Unseld. I mean, look, uh, he, look. Put put Kristaps on those uh, John Wall teams instead of Marcin. It's a title. I don't know. We're having a parade. Those Polish hammer screens. Those Polish hammer screens. I don't know. He has some good screens he did, but I I, I would put KP up there. Obviously very talented. I also cannot believe you said, sorry, Greg, but I cannot believe you said Marcy was your most underappreciated wizard. For everyone listening, I watched Wizards games with this (laughs) young man his entire life. You've come a long way. You've matured on your Marcin Gortat takes, Greg, so Mm -hmm. kudos to you. I used to, I'll, I'll admit, I used to make Marcin the scapegoat for for a lot of the issues the Wizards have. He was just like a, oh, a yeah, punching bag. Yeah, he's just like a punch. I feel like a lot of Wizards fans did that. Like you're you're not gonna blame John and Brad or Otto for for all these losses and for underachieving. Yeah, you're right. I just kind of took it out on Marcin. But as I matured, I realized that Marcin was an integral part of this team. He wow. set great screens. He rebounded and he knew his role. It took me a while. I'll admit that. Right hand up. It's clip my fault. That. But someone clip that. But I I will say that that Marcin is underappreciated, and I'll stand on that take. I had a lot of people, a lot of good comments. A lot of people were mentioning Ramon Sessions, also a hoop grids legend that was for mine. me. Ramon Sessions was a big one. Uh, who else? We had a lot of of uh, Jeff Malone's in there. Uh, a lot this of Antoine's. This might be one for the younger Wizards fans, but I mean. Boy, do I love get love me some Garrison Matthews. Garrison that man can just was, play basketball. He can shoot dog. threes. He can play defense. You know, it every single out to me time there. he every time he single time he went up for a three, he got fouled. Oh. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And just he was uh, he was cold, man. Tough. He's tough. All right. He was tough hate word. to see him go. Uh, what was the other one? Was um, I had a lot of Trey Burks, which I I, I was, was going to say Russell about. Butler. Yeah. In 2017, okay. Trey Burke was good. Brandon Jennings was solid. Bojan Bogdanovic, he was awesome in 2017. But yeah, let's 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 try to stay on topic here. We'll we'll move on to the next deal. We used to talk so, about the Wizards all day. Keep going. Yeah, the obviously first trade. If you missed it, uh, I gave it an A plus. You gave it an A. An A. The last trade, he gave it a B. I gave it a B minus. So moving on to the to the third one, which is yep. pretty much linked to to the first trade with Brad, because this was like a sub trade off that is the yep. move to get Chris to, to move Chris Paul and to get Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I thought Jordan Poole coming to the wizards, even before all of this, 
and I don't have receipts to say this, but I thought it was was pretty manageable considering how everything went down last year, Golden State between him and Draymond. You knew that if they were going to keep Poole, they would not keep Draymond. They were going to keep Draymond. There's no room to keep Poole, especially after losing second round like they did. So you just knew something was going to happen. And what better situation for him to come to D.C., immediately become the face of the franchise and be able to uh-huh. kind of grow up in that role in D.C.? Yeah. So basically, in, in the timeline of how it went down, Paul said that he wanted to buy out after the deal. The Clippers came and and they took over as his top destination, obviously. He played there. They have a need for a point guard. This was before they re-signed Russell Westbrook. Uh, and, and then out of nowhere, the Warriors swooped in. I remember I was on the road. I was driving back from my summer job, and I was on the highway between Philly and New Jersey, and – I got the alert on my on my phone from Woj, but I didn't I didn't fully like look at it because obviously I'm driving, and and then if I can interject, I was uh, I was at work at my summer job, and uh, as soon as this news happened, obviously I had to inform my brother. I knew he was in the car on his way home. You're driving home for the draft, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, you need to pull over right now. He said, is someone hurt? Is someone hurt? Is everyone okay? I said, we just got Jordan Poole. Pull over. And what, you went to a Wendy's parking lot, right? Yeah. I. So I, if you I, all I, remember I mean, the uh, if you all remember the infamous live stream or Twitter spaces after the uh, Jordan Poole trade, fun fact, it was in a uh, Wendy's parking lot in what, Pensauken, New Jersey? Yeah, in, in Pensauken, pretty much in the, I had no idea where I was, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But he, he called me, I pulled over. Uh, I, I just I wanted to be known too, I caused the scene at work. I was uh, I was freaking out. All right, keep, keep, sorry. You're good. Uh, I pulled over and and I just pulled into the closest parking lot I could find. Happened to be a Wendy's, and I I just I had to tweet something out. I had to get it out. And I, when I first tweeted about it, I tweeted, I forget what I tweeted, but like the first tweet from from Woj, I believe, included that we got like their first round pick this year. Yes. So I tweeted that out, and then everyone, because obviously, like I'm just trying to get it out quickly, but. Everyone was like, we didn't get a first. So I was like, oh, like I got to change this. So I had to tweet out like my bad. But I mean, the fact that that we were able to get what we got for Chris Paul is huge. Um, the full trade was we sent Chris Paul, who I'd like to mention was going to be waived. We were going to get nothing but salary cap relief for him. And we probably would have had to yeah. pay him a little bit in terms of a buyout. And, and we traded the 57th pick, which was going to be nothing. And we got Jordan Poole. 24 years old, budding superstar, perennial, could be a perennial all-star, NBA Finals champion, integral part of that Warriors team. Ryan Rollins, who is entering his second year, he was a second-round pick of the Warriors last year out of Toledo. He's a speedy point guard. If you watch Summer League, you you saw what he could do. He can really score the ball. He has to figure out how to stop turning the ball over, but you know he, he, could, he could develop. Patrick Baldwin Jr., who was the 28th pick in last year's draft. He's someone that I'm very excited about. He is, I believe, six foot seven, maybe six foot eight or nine. He's tall, he's lanky, and he can shoot. He, he kind of reminds me of Michael Porter Jr., and, and hopefully if he develops, he can be someone like that. We got a protected 20, 30 first-round pick. It's heavily protected, so I doubt we get it. But nonetheless, if the Warriors are really good in 2030, we will get a first-round pick, and then a second-round pick in 2027. Uh, give me your thoughts. What'd you think? Obviously, you freaked out about it. You called me in a panic, but what do you think? It was actually in the supply closet. I was, I, yeah, I that's, that's right. Door. Yeah. Oh, Scott Bannon. If you hear, I'm sorry, man. 
Um, so first point I want to make is, is just in, in regards to, you know what, let's start with the picks. Uh, again, we've, we've talked about it, what, three or four times now? It's assets. At the end of the day, it's an asset. You know, it's it, it might not be a shiny new car, but, you know, that 2027 second round pick, it's going to be used. There's a reason, you know, the Celtics during the draft this year traded back so many times. What are they doing? Compiling assets. Good teams can do it too. You know what I mean? I, I don't think, unfortunately, that first round pick, it is, as you said, heavily protected. So I'm not sure if we're going to get to see that. But uh, going from top, bottom to top with PBJ, great nickname, by the way. I liked what awesome I saw. Nickname. Liked what I saw in Summer League. I'm not sure I'm completely sold to the point where I think he's going to be a rotational guy this year. Uh, the one point I will make is that if he didn't go to play for his, his dad at Milwaukee, mm-hmm. this guy's a, a lottery pick, right? I mean, look at that archetype. So I think there's potential there. You can't get me wrong. I, I I, do want to say I like him more. Not more than I like him more. I think the potential to contribute is higher than Ryan Rollins. Just because I think Ryan's, Rollins, as you said, is a little less passer-friendly point guard and more of the score type. And with the way the roster is currently constructed, I don't think it's going to be constructed. You know, I there's so many moving parts here. You know, it might not be the same year and you're out. But this is a guy that has talent. You can't deny that. Uh, I mean, great player, Toledo. Uh, he can definitely score in volume. So he might be fighting for that last point guard spot, but he might be our, our go-go guy this year. Shout out to go-go, by the way. Love me some Capital City basketball. And you, you uh, mean? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you go ahead. My last point is, is JP. I'll keep it short. I'm excited to talk about Jordan Poole, the basketball player, and not Jordan Poole. And I mean this literally and figuratively, the punching bag. All right? This guy got sucker punched by Draymond Green. And we're talking about him like he blew up the Warriors dynasty. Okay. Do you mind if I use some colorful language, Greg? Yeah, it's explicit. Give me a fucking break. All right. <laughs> I'm excited to see this guy go play basketball, right? I think him and Kuz are going to be lethal. Someone said it earlier. I want to say it was Clay on the what what podcast? The, the PG podcast was like, those are going to be some like swaggy buckets or trippy buckets. I mean, dude, they're going to be tough. So I'm excited to watch Jordan Poole play basketball, not answer pointless media questions. So, if I had to give this uh, trade a grade, I'd give it another A. I mean, I don't want to go A plus just because. Again, I don't know. You're way more optimistic than I am. A plus plus. You gave that out, right? Yeah, to the to the bad trade. <laughs> but you know, like you just said, we are going to wave Chris Paul, and you're telling me, in my opinion, we got an all star caliber player back a former first-round pick, someone who's going to be your best young prospect on your G League team and more assets to trade. Deal. Where do I sign? All right? So that's an A for me. Exactly. If I like, if I had to break it down, it, imagine you went to, to Chick-fil-A. You got, you got a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> I love any spicy chicken sandwich. But you're, you're about to finish it, and you drop it on the floor, and, and you, you're like, I can't eat this. You go over to the trash can and go to throw it out. <laughs> And and some random guy who's homeless or anything comes up to you and says, "I'll give you twenty bucks for that." And you're like, "Not even okay. not. I won't give you twenty. I'll give you a hundred bucks for that. A yeah, hundred and bucks. a Dr Pepper." Yeah, and I'm like, "That's a that's a steal." So I I take that, that deal as fast one. as I can. This guy was was washed up goods. Like it was someone that wasn't going to help this team at all. And and you come to find that. No disrespect to Chris Paul, though. No, no disrespect to Chris Paul. I was great point. Hall of Famer. Paul. I posted to the. I found a jersey swap with Chris Paul like ten seconds after we got it. That was hype, but 
Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, he's done more for the Wizards than uh, most of the guys we've had actually play for us. So that's facts. That's not like that's one of the like the, the the funny comments. Like obviously you're dissing like the Wizards, but it's like like you're not wrong. No, no. Like word. Give me that national media attention. I'll take it. Yeah, like he, he's done more than like Kevin Serafin did for this team. Oh, Wizards legend like Brandon Jennings. Like it's not Chris like McCullough. It's not like our point guards, apart from John and, and Russ, the last couple of years have really done much, especially not right. Dinwiddie. So, right. Quick side note: but, if you and I were given an all Wizards hoop grid, I think we could get like an under one sub one sub, sub one. one. I, we should do 9. that. We got to do that. We got to make an all Wizards related hoop grid. I really think we could knock that out. Of the that's yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do that for Twitter. I'll make one and then I'll post that. So look for that. It's a good idea. Oof, yeah. Every time we get a Wizards thing, it's it's an auto under auto blue under 1%. auto rainbow. I'd also yeah, like to shout out former wizard Justin Robinson. I used to the other day. I got a point oh six on a hoop grid. Pistons yep. under five points a game. Sorry, Greg. I have to plug myself. Let's move on yeah, though. So, Let's move on to move four, right? Yeah. Uh this is the fourth one. This is gonna be a little more of a fun one. Uh, let me give you a little background. This is the Monte Morris trade. I'll give you guys a little background first. So essentially, I I was before I even wrote articles for Bullets Forever. I had my own blog. It was through like the Penn State websites thing, just you know trying to start out. And I'd posted every Wednesday, just trying to have fun. And and this was this was posted like between the end of the season and the draft. So it was probably in like early May, I'd say, maybe late yeah. April. And I, I there's nothing really going on, so I just you know it was all draft stuff. I I made my article about a mock off season. You know, I feel like that's a fun thing. Even when I don't write articles, I talk to Jason, I talk to my dad. Like, what do we want to do? I'm sure all of you guys talk with your gear, your friends, your family about like the best things that you'd like to see your team do in the offseason. So I just I decided to write about it. And and one of the trades that I made was was trading Monte Morris. Uh I traded him to Sacramento. I can't I can't remember what we got. I think we got like PJ Dozier. Some salary cap relief and like a second round we got pick. Some trash. So like we got some trash. We yeah. got yeah, we, we didn't get much for him, but I mean it's a disgruntled asset. He's making 10 million a year. A team like Sacramento maybe needs some guard help, some veteran help on the in the the backcourt, and we need to get off a contract. So I said, you know what? Let me trade him. And if you if you see my Twitter, I, I like to plug the articles. So, you know, just give a little teaser about what you're gonna read. Not only to entice people, you know, to read it, but to get people interested in what they're about to read. So I put a couple bullets, you know, like this person goes straight here. I draft, I think I drafted like uh what was his name? The kid from Pepperdine, Max. Uh Lewis? Max Lewis, yeah, from Pepperdine. Shout out Damo. That's your guy. I know. I, I wish we got he's <laughs> on the Lakers now. Um, but I, I tweeted we got him. So it was a picture of him. It was a picture of someone else we acquired and then it said Monte Morris and a little arrow to Sacramento. So I just posted and it got, it got a good response. A lot of people liked it. It opens up good dialogue about not only who we wanted to draft, but, you know, started to talk about who we wanted this off season and how we want to go about it. So I posted it, thought nothing of it. Uh, and then I, I go back like two or three hours later and I get I have my little notifications on Twitter and I get a notification from someone like, damn, Greg, like, can't believe Monte did you like that. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I, I honestly had forgotten that I traded him hypothetically in this article. So I went over to the thing and I and it was under Monte Morris's tweet, but it's the little block thing. It says like, sorry, you can't see what this author wrote or something like that. So it was like, did I just get, did I just get blocked? So I 
I went and I looked at Monte Morris's Twitter thing and, and I literally couldn't see his profile. And I was like, you've got to be, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like you are a grown ass man <laughs> coming at me. So I'm at the time, 18 year old reporter, the just wizards fan at that point, honestly, for trading you hypothetically in a mock off season. Oh. And not only that, he tweeted out seeing people, this is a quoted from Monte Morris quote, seeing people tweets about, if they were a GM that never been a part of winning ever is comical to me. That's word for word. You can look it up on Monte's Twitter. I mean, that's adherently about me. It's not about anyone else. That's about me. And that's that's all this anger stemming from the fact that I traded him in a mock article. So he was clearly he was clearly hurt in his feelings about it. Look, Monte, there's nothing I can do. If you're going to get mad at me, you're probably going to get mad at a lot of I mean, what people were saying on Wizards Twitter about you was nowhere even close to what I said. But some people were saying after, especially after the OKC game where they hit the gate winner over you, that, I mean, that's 10 times worse than what I did. But uh, maybe maybe I just caught Monte on a bad day. But but yeah, that's a little background. Jason, you wanted to chime in? Yeah. Um, first things first, Monte, if you're going to talk about Gregory not knowing about winning, do your research. Uh, Greg and I are back-to-back champions of the Round Mexico uh, for MVP Fantasy Football League two years in a row. Uh, it was sheer dominance. We've won multiple rec basketball leagues. Um, sleepaway camp, MVPs. Rec soccer. Rec soccer. So, um, again, Monte. Uh, looks like we might have done a little more winning than you, my friend. Uh, you know what's funny, too? You know the TV was on last year? They won this year, and he didn't win with them. So, they did really. He was on Denver and they, and they lost. Really, was he on the Nuggets? He was on the Nuggets, right? He was on the Nuggets. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, because so our old general manager yeah. gave them that Cantavius Caldwell Pope guy that helped them yeah. win the championship. Right? They lost uh, with him, but then they won without him. Okay. Let's Got leave you. it at that. I'm going to give it a C. I'm going to give it a C. Let's leave it at <laughs> that, Gregory. All right. I I would give it. I mean, there's not much really to talk about. We we saved 9.8 million in cap space this year. Got off his contract. The Pistons paid in full. Clear the logjam that we had at point guard. Kind of brings in Delon to play that backup role behind Tyus, and you have Rollins behind him. Uh, and I I don't understand. I would give it like a, an F from Detroit's standpoint. Like I don't think Detroit is as close as they think yeah. to winning. And now I'm pretty sure they retained Corey Joseph, so they still have a backup point guard. I don't really see. Exactly. That's, that was the point I was going to make. You know, this is another team that's guard heavy, right? You have Ivy, you have the twin, you have, who did you just say? Corey Joseph? Corey Joseph. They, sorry, they, they self, they self-imposed the log jam at, at point guard. Yeah. They self-imposed it. Like, you, I mean, I'll take your second round pick and I'll let you pay $10 million to someone I did at one on my team. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I would give it like a, a solid B or B plus. So we knew Monte was going to be traded. We knew it was yeah. probably going to be for a second. It was just who was going to take on Monte in his contract. And Detroit was awesome enough to take it off our, our hands. So, and I, I just want to put it on the record that if anyone knows the line that needed to be crossed and the, and you need to be respectful in this industry, it is you, Greg. So anyone saying that you crossed a line by <laughs> mocking a trade, Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, like the response from all the Wizards fans, obviously, like they all like were in like my comments and his comments, just like they all understood, like this is just stupid. Like you're really taking the time of day to block guys. someone who's just not only doing their job. Yeah, Monte but, like, Morris. Sorry, yeah, yeah I just don't literally writing Monte. something. Like there's a lot of worse things that could have happened. So, uh, but we'll, we'll move on from that. I mean, look, when Monte was an undersized point, you know, 
I'll say it. When Monte was an undersized point guard at Iowa State, you know, did someone say, uh, hey, little guy, did you ever win anything before? Like, that's it's a low yeah. ball, buddy. Have fun I in mean, Detroit. Like, all, all season, everyone was just like, Monte's like a midget. Monte's so small. Monte can't guard. And then – Well, I didn't see that on your feet, so – Yeah, but then I say something and, and he's – Look, he caught him on like a bad that. day. He's a grown man who's still talking to 18-year-olds on Twitter, so uh... – <laughs> Let's move on, yeah. please. I've had we'll enough move on from that. Guy. We'll move on from that. Um, but this is the fifth. This is the fifth move of the off season. One of the uh, biggest moves of the off season, and one of the surprises: resigning Kyle Kuzma. Not only did I think we weren't going to resign him, I thought he was just going to go somewhere like Indiana, maybe even Detroit, Sacramento, who could pay him a lot of money. Uh, but I thought we simply didn't want to retain him because we wanted to move on. Once we made the pool trade, however, it was it was like, oh, sh- like we might bring Kuz back. And then all the reports started yeah. to come out. Kuz wants to come back to D.C. You know, yeah. he's he really is like working towards his deal. And then bang, you get the report from Woj and Shams. I'm sure they did at the same time that we resigned him. And I just want to briefly before you talk, Jay, mention yeah, yeah. the breakdown of his contract. Because when it first it. came out, I didn't even see Enlighten this. Enlighten me. Shout out to um, Wizards Film Room on Twitter. Did oh, a yeah, full great breakdown follow. of the salary, and I, I genuinely it was really helpful because I didn't understand it at first. In 2023, Kuz is making 25 and a half million, and yeah. that's even at that the highest paid uh year of his of his contract. That's still five million less than the 30 million I originally thought he wanted. If you told me that was the average salary, he was making 25 a year for these four years, I'd say fine. So can, exactly, continue. that's all. Yeah, I mean it's a four year deal. It's around 90 million. But when you yeah. really look at it, it's not like he's making 24 a year. He's making 25 and a half in, in this year. 24, 25, he's making 23 and a half. 25, 26, he's making 21 and a half. And then 26, 27, he's making 19 and a half. So it goes down by 2 million each year. And not only is it great because in the beginning of the, the contract, he's going to be here. He's going to be here this year. He's going to be here probably next year. And he's getting paid what he deserves. He's a really suitable player, awesome yeah. guy in terms of rooting for. I mean, there's not a single person I feel like all, like that roots for the Wizards that doesn't enjoy watching Kyle Kuzma play basketball. He's fun. He's electric. He engages with the fans. Yep. You just you love someone like that to be the face of your franchise. So I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, but those two years, he's getting paid around what he should. And then you look at 25, 26. He's getting paid 21 million dollars. I mean yeah. that. If you, I'm not saying I want to trade Kuz, but let's say we do go the route that's been reported by Josh Robbins in terms of these next uh, two years are going to be retooling years, just trying to build up the culture. Then we'll break it all down, get up assets yeah. like OKC did. It's going to be fun those first two years, but when the time comes where teams are going to want to trade for him, he's making similar money to like a bunch of guys in the league that aren't all-stars, aren't great. I forget who I tweeted out, but the people making in like the 18, 19 million, like he's getting the same as like Jakob Pertl is making. Uh, he's getting similar numbers to like Kevin Porter Jr. Like he he's genuinely making so much less money than I originally thought he would make. And that's why this deal is so great. The bulk of the money is up front. And then when we want, to, if we want to trade him, it's a very affordable and very movable contract. So I, I'm, I'm ecstatic about this. What do you, what do you think, Jay? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie makes $19.5 million this year. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I get Kyle Kuzma for Spencer Dinwiddie money? Say that. I'm I'm with that, all right? Mm-hmm. And Spencer Dinwiddie, I hate you, by the way. <laughs> I hate you. 
Um, look, I'm a Kuz guy. I think he's the drippiest player in the league, hands down. Uh, if you're telling me that Kyle Kuzma isn't a star caliber player in the NBA, then I don't want to talk to you anymore. All right. I'm not telling you this guy's going to come out here and be LeBron. All right. But again, Greg, this is another guy who's won the NBA champion. You know, this is someone who's out there. He's gonna, I think he's going to really embrace this leadership role. I mean, I remember him all the way back from his days as a Utah Ute. I mean, he led that team. They made some good runs when he was there. I mean, Kuz obviously is not the, the – the focus right now isn't, you know, let's keep Kuz around and, you know, we're going to keep moving him in that Bradley Beal role and build around and build around him. He can get moved at the end of the day. But um, for the time being, I'm very happy that he is back. He's going to be able to play with JP. And uh, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. And in terms of the contract, I mean, again, come on. Spencer Dinwiddie money in the last year. Give me a break. It's awesome. Will Dawkins killed it. He hit it out of the park with his contract. Fact yeah, that shout it, out Will Dawkins, man. Wow. Shout out Will Dawkins. Completely Him. Changed, changed the trajectory of this team in three months on the job. Honestly, the second he took over, anything was better than Tommy Shepard. We don't have a dog, but if we did have a dog, our dog would have been better than Tommy <laughs> Shepard. All your, all the listeners, your pets would have been better. Your kids would have been better than Tommy Shepard. That man single-handedly tried to ruin this franchise. Oh, and if he me. if he got the chance, let me say this: if he got the chance to do this offseason, he would have he would have destroyed us. Like if you think it was bad from the time he took over for Ernie till now, imagine what he could have done paying with with all this money to pay Kuz and KP. I mean, yep. not only are you paying Brad for the next four years, you're also paying thirty million to KP and Kuz for the next for the next two years, and all of that to what get the tenth seed in the East. So yeah, and if I can, yeah, well, yeah, if I could wrap up, you know, all my thoughts on all these trades, and I think what you just said is a great segue to it. That Monte Morris trade, that's a Tommy Shepard trade. The the Bradley Beal to Phoenix trade, that's a Will Dawkins trade. There's a big difference, and if you can't see that difference, we need to have a talk. So I mean, I, yeah, you know, I it, if if I could give you a bottom line, all right, Tommy Shepard, if you if you can think of it, all right, he's flying a plane, all right. He's basically on autopilot, leading us into mediocrity. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. Michael and uh, Will come over, hijack the plane. Willing hijack, though. They help us land smoothly. We're going to be bad this year, all right? So we're below mediocre right now. But, you know, the plane's still intact, if you're still following my analogy, all right? We're going on the way up. I love it. Uh if I if I had to grade this, actually, you you go ahead. What what would you grade this contract? Not just the signing, I'm the contract in general. Yeah, well, in terms of the combination of bringing back Kuz, a star star player, in my opinion, with that level of money, that's an A. That's so it's a win. I was gonna give an A plus, but like, I feel like that's just like pretty generic. Which I'm gonna give it an A as well. I, don't get me wrong, I love this contract. Um, I love what Will Dawkins did with this contract. This and is I a big Kyle Kuzma contract, or it sorry, contract podcast. Podcast. This is a big Kyle uh, Kuzma we're, podcast. We're huge, we're huge Kuz fans. Kuz, Kuz, if you're listening, buddy, please come talk to us. We love you. <laughs> Pink sweater no with a statement and a half. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if we talk about Kuz, I love him as a player. I love the contract, and I'm just excited to watch him 
in a bigger role this season. So if if you follow along, um, just to wrap it up, uh, I gave the Bradley Beal trade an A plus plus. My, I don't even know if I could do that, but it's my podcast, so like obviously, fucking, I'm gonna do it. Uh, Jason gave it an A for the KP trade. Jason gave it a B. I gave it a B minus. The uh, Chris Paul trade, I gave it an A. You gave it. I think I gave it an A. Yeah, we we, we were the same in that one. I liked it. Mon- I liked it. Yeah, I, I gave the Monte Morris trade. I originally gave it what I gave like a B. I gave an A plus because I, I mean, he's a disgruntled asset and we got something for him. You gave it a C. You were a little less optimistic. And then we both gave an A to the to the Kuz signing. So uh, if you want on Twitter, I'm going to tweet out a link to, to this podcast, obviously, under that. If you make it this Drop far. Him. You can you can drop a comment and let us know trade one, uh, what you think trade two and and so on and so forth. We want to see what your grades are, um, and and also, I don't know if we're gonna do it this this episode, but uh, going forward, we're gonna have big Wizards fan. My dad is gonna come on here uh, at least give me some <laughs> trivia because I know not only do I have a lot of people around my age, the younger Wizards fan, I have a bunch of diehard Wizards fans that have been here for forever and have known all of the pain and suffering that we've we've gone through since 1978. So we're going to have some trivia questions. We have one trivia question at the end of each episode. You can comment um, and, and let us know what your answer is. It'll be some old school trivia for the most part because uh, my dad's an old head. So he knows <laughs> all the bullets years, um, the early 2000s Wizards years. Obviously yeah, Greg, I mean, the, the biggest gripe I see people have with you is they go, you, you're too young to understand how bad we are. If anyone understands about how bad the Washington Bullets <laughs> slash wizards were my dad is our father so i yeah i think your listeners will be very they they should be they should feel uh blessed (laughs) to get to listen to his basketball wisdom that's where we got it so uh, shout out yes so we'll we'll have we'll have that trivia question um for this one um there's not gonna be a trivia question i can't even i i was gonna think of one on the top of my head i I can't lie i can't so uh, if you have one if you have a trivia question off the top of your head, anything? Yeah, drop them. Oh, do I? Yeah, do uh, you? Um, mm. Mm. I got one. I got one. Uh, what number did Alan Anderson wear? You can't look it up. I'll know if you look it up. You can't look it up. What number did Alan Anderson <laughs> wear Alan with Anderson, the Washington Wizards? Legend. He came from the Nets, right? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty shoot, sure he but he never played, Nets. right? All right, but that's a trivia question from Jason. What number did Alan Anderson wear? So you can comment your grades and also comment your trivia answers uh, down below under the uh, the tweet uh, that I tweet out the link from. Um, and, and obviously on the next one, I'll, I'll shout all, all of you guys out that get it right. Uh, I'll go through a bunch of your takes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But once again, appreciate you you all for listening. Uh, this is the first episode of many. I'm going to try, as I mentioned before, yes, to get sir. it out weekly. It'll hopefully be every Wednesday, but you know, it's going to be game breakdowns. It's going to be analysis. Um, and I look, I, as a wizards fan myself, I not only want to have wizards, Twitter personalities and like players and stuff. I want to also have fans come on here. I know a bunch of people that have met through wizards, Twitter are some of the most knowledgeable people I know. Uh, I'll shout out one will, will Clayton on Twitter. He's been following me forever. I've been following him for a while. He knows he knows Wizards basketball. He knows uh, both. He's really knowledgeable. He's a hoop head. So, Will, the invitation is is open for you to come on as well as everyone else. You know, if you want to come on, obviously, it's an open forum. I just, you know, I just want to make this a place where Wizards fans can just talk about the Wizards, not just in like a a specific format or in a formal setting. Just, you know, sit back and talk Wizards basketball. 
that's the point of this. You know, just come on here, have fun, and talk hoops. Greg, if I can ask you one final question, I think I speak on behalf of Wizards Twitter when I say first thank you for all of the coverage that you do. You are my stop source stop. for Wizards Twitter as well. But uh, will the live will the spaces be resuming? Everyone needs to know. Everyone wants to know. Breaking news: the Twitter spaces will be resuming. Wow! I'm going to. Yeah, I, I love doing the Twitter spaces because it's just like, it's not like a podcast setting. It's not like a setting for like anything else. It's literally just like people come on here and sometimes they'll say some out of pocket stuff. I mean, if you listen to my Twitter spaces, there's been some people that, Oof, that are a bit yeah. crazy on there and I can't really, I can't really like mute them in time to get off, get out of what they're saying. But it's just like a fun place to talk about Wizards basketball. Um, so I might do one after. Every I know John game. Stark too. Love when he joins the live spaces. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's he's the best. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably gonna put out a poll. Like, obviously, I'll probably do one weekly. But yeah, if you guys want me to do one after every single game and just like a Wizards post game spaces, feel free to like DM me. Post game with Greg. Because if if a lot of people want me to do it and they want to get their thoughts out, I'm more than happy to be that place where people can just rant about the Wizards. So if, if you guys want that, just DM me, just tweet at me and let me know that you want it. And that's something that I'll, I'll definitely do, but hopefully that answers your question, Jay. Uh, if, yes, if you sir. have any final thoughts, let me know. Go ahead. No, I just want to say, you know, I appreciate everyone for listening. I think this is gonna, the start of something big here. If I could list some, some guests I would like to have on uh, number one, PFD commenter, you call yourself yes, such sir. a big wizards fan. Let's talk about it. Uh, I'm a Denny obvious Stan myself. So I'd love to have DA on and uh, Chris Miller, big fan of your work, sir. We met that's a in great Philadelphia one. a couple years ago. I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, Chris Miller, we love to talk hoop with you, buddy. We show Chris Miller hand Chris Miller's hand a lot of times. Every time we go to Philly, he's always so gracious, always so nice, and we were really happy to see him get the promotion to the booth. So Chris Miller, obviously, yep. open invitation, but. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on, Jay. And this is going to wrap it up for the first episode of the Wizards podcast with Greg Finberg. Hope you guys have a great day. Peace.